Yo, this is Axel Rose of Guns N' Roses. Hey, this is Carmen Electra. Hi, this is Daryl Strawberry. What up, though? This is Big Snoop Deal Double G. Hi, this is Don Stallion. Hey, yo, Hulk Hogan here. What's up? This is Beyonce. I got a great show lined up for y'all. Hey, yo, yo, yo. Let's get this party started. The Sports Beat. You know what? Let's keep it hot. The Sports Beat is off the chain, man. Ah, yeah. The Sports Beat. Download the podcast now. You're listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. All right, good morning. It's a Thursday morning, and I hope everybody has a great day. This is the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge, and we are just getting started. As I got a lot of sports to cover, as we had a very busy day yesterday, uh, we'll go ahead and start with the NBA. So the Atlanta Hawks lose another game as they lost to the Cleveland Cavaliers, 127-105. to Trey Young scored 27 points, along with John Collins scoring 23 points. And now the Atlanta Hawks are 15 and 41. So when when is it going to happen for the Hawks? When are they going to make that turn? After getting all these players, they grabbed size from all these trades, you know, getting Clint Capella and Scal Labrissier, and they haven't even played yet, and then Dwayne Dedman. And it's not working. And I've said before that... I think it's time they, they part ways with Lloyd Pierce, their head coach, and they get a defensive-minded coach like a David Fisdale or a Tom Thibodeau. If he's available, I don't think the Timberwolves are going to let him go. But they got to get somebody that that is an elite defensive head coach to turn this thing around because this is unacceptable. You know, I mean, they, they lost, but they they got had a cold night shooting, you know, off to a slow start in that first quarter. And sometimes you're going to have nights like that. So, you have to pick up the slap slack by getting defensive specialists. Where's the defensive specialist that the Hawks had once, like Kent Bazemore or or, or Torian Prince or or Thabo Sebalosha? It's not there for the Hawks, so they lose another heartbreaker, and it, it's just not good. It's not it's not acceptable for what what I was expected this team to do this season. And you could you can give excuses all you want. John Collins was suspended for 25 games, but no excuses. All right, now I want to talk about some good news here in the state of Georgia in college basketball. Uh, Georgia Tech upset number five Louisville last night, 64 to 58 at the McCamish Pavilion. And I just have to ask: is is this the biggest win in Georgia Tech basketball in, in the last 10 years? I mean, I, I haven't seen them be a team this caliber in a long time. You know, Georgia Tech was was a great program in the 90s. They were a, a good program in, in the early 2000s. You know, they, they did reach the NCAA championship game in 2004 when they lost to UConn. They were, they were led by Coach Paul Hewitt, and then they, they gave him an extension. And then they, they overachieved. They fired him, and then they picked up Brian Gregory, and that didn't work out so well. The only brief success that Georgia Tech had in the last 10 years was in 2017. They reached the NIT championship game and got shellacked by TCU. I actually was joking around because that was the same year that the Falcons blew the 28-3 lead in the Super Bowl, 
And I made a comment on Facebook that Atlanta sports gotten so bad that Georgia Tech can't even win an NIT championship game. And then I got some laughs, but, you know. And that, that was also, it happened when Atlanta United had their inaugural game and blew a one-mil lead in the 82nd minute to the New York Red Bulls. So, you know, that Atlanta sports curse is real. I'm telling you. But it was broken in 2018, so congratulations by Atlanta United. Um, other local games... South Carolina defeated Georgia 75-59. to Georgia is now 12-12, and and they are done. I am sorry. that I was seeing some highlights of that game. Missed shots, bad passes. It, it seems like they, they, they just have bad coaching. They have a talented player in Anthony Edwards, and they just don't play like a team. And yet they lose to another mediocre SEC team. They are the second worst team in the SEC. Vanderbilt is the worst. I would not be shocked if Vanderbilt beats Georgia the next time they play them. I mean, this is getting out of hand. The Georgia Bulldogs had a promising season before they entered conference play. You know, they they defeated Memphis, and they were 11-3. Everything was looking great. Their first game right out the bat was against Kentucky, and they were up... At the in the first half, and then they lost. I mean, Georgia just—it's not—it's—it's it's not acceptable. They should be better than this. And head coach Tom Crean in his second season, he's got to figure some things out. I mean, Georgia—they have expectations at Georgia now. When they let Mark Fox go, and they hired Tom Crean, they wanted to push this program to the next level. Mark Fox was a good coach. They are consistently winning 18 to 20 games a year. And they've made the tournament a couple times. I mean, we're talking Georgia basketball. We're not talking Kentucky basketball. So, we'll see what happens. And I was just watching some college basketball games last night. Kansas defeats West Virginia. They actually came back in that game. It was in Morgantown, West Virginia. And they came back and won 58 to 49. So good job for them. And, you know, I'm going to talk a little about my number one seeds. I'm also going to talk about my bubble teams because you got March Madness coming up in just a couple weeks. You know, conference tournament play is wrapping up. Then you have conference tournaments, conference regular season wrapping up. Then you'll have conference tournaments. And then you have a selection Sunday and then March Madness. Well, that'll be at about a month. But here's my number one seeds. Baylor, San Diego State. Gonzaga and Kansas. Kansas is is one of those weak number one seeds. It's interchangeable between Kansas and the ACC champion because you got three teams in the ACC that could easily be number two seeds: Florida State, Louisville, and Duke. Louisville didn't help their cause by losing to Georgia Tech last night, and of course Duke played Florida State earlier this week. And then you also have Auburn. Don't count out Auburn. They defeated Alabama ninety-five to ninety-one in overtime. They are 22-2, and two, and if they win out and win the SEC tournament, they could get a number one seed, but I, I'm projecting them to be a number two seed. All right, so this is my bracketology lesson for all you March Madness fans. As I am studying up bracketology, trying to learn from the best, Joe Lenardi from ESPN. And here are my first four in. Now, I'll explain to you what it means first four in, first four out. 
the first four in are the last teams in the tournament. Only 68 teams can make the NCAA tournament. So the first four in are the 65th, 66th, 67th, and 68th teams. And usually they have play-in games on that Tuesday night before the NCAA tournament. You have the two teams, they usually are number 11 seeds. So my first four in are Cincinnati, Wichita State, Stanford, and Mississippi State. So typically, they'd all be 11 seeds, and Cincinnati would play Wichita State as an 11 seed, and then Stanford would play Mississippi State as an 11 seed. All right, now my first four out. To explain what it means, first four out, these are the 69th team, the 70th, 71st, and 72nd. Now, these teams do not make the tournament. They're called the first four out. Typically, they, they are the number one seeds in the NIT tournament. So my first four out are NC State, Memphis, Georgetown, and VCU. So what does it take for for these teams? You know, because the bracketology changes all the time. When we get to conference tournament play and you have a team that wasn't even expected to make the tournament, when they burst somebody's bubble, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about a team that was not projected to make the tournament and they win their conference tournament it usually happens with like a mid-major that's that's a powerhouse that is still going to make the tournament if they don't win their 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 conference tournament. And so one of these bubbles could be bursted. So those are my bubble teams. Want to talk about NCAA Division II basketball because the Cougars of Columbus State dropped a game to North Georgia College 73-66. That puts them in fifth place in the Peach Belt Conference. At 13 and 10 overall, 8 and 7 in conference play. You know, they the teams above them are UNC Pembroke, USC Aiken, Lander, and Augusta. Now the Cougars of Columbus State will travel to St. Augustine, Florida this weekend to take on Flagler. Their next home game will be the 19th of February at the Lumpkin Center as they will take on in-state rival Clayton State University. Clayton State's having a disappointing season. You know, they're down at the bottom of the Peach Belt Conference. But good luck to the Cougars. Yeah, they actually had a lot of fans uh, last night at the Lumpkin Center. They almost broke 1,000 on the attendance. And a Ladarius Horton again, 19 points. Congratulations to him. All right, so pitchers and catchers have already reported. You have the Atlanta Braves, their first spring, train, spring training game next in a couple weeks, they'll take on the Baltimore Orioles, February 22nd. And they had big news. Cole Hamels is out for three weeks. And I want to talk about, I went on MLB.com and then looked up the top 100 prospects in baseball. And you know, the Braves have quite a few prospects that are on that list. I'm looking forward to seeing if they actually make it to the big leagues. But the Braves have, the number 14th prospect is... is Number 13th prospect, rather, is Christian Pache. He's an outfielder. And they also have the number 21 prospect, Drew Waters. But the number one prospect is a shortstop out of the Tampa Bay Rays Farm Organization named Wander Franco. And he's not expected to make the big leagues this year. He might get on the September call-ups, but he's expected to probably still be in the farm system at single A and double A, maybe even go up to triple A. All right, well, we have um, Miles Garrett being reinstated by the league. 
I don't agree with this. I think the NFL jumped the gun on this. If you all remember, Miles Garrett was the defensive end that sacked Mason Rudolph. They got into an altercation. He ripped Mason Rudolph's helmet off and hit him over the head with the helmet. It was egregious. The video just looked horrifying. He was suspended indefinitely. I don't know if he's remorseful. If you're a Cleveland Browns fan, are you happy? Are you not? A defensive end back in the league, reinstated. I'll talk a little about NFL free agency. You know, the 49ers have have their work cut out. They got some unrestricted free agents that they need to sign, but they only have $19 million over the cap. I, I honestly feel they definitely need to re-sign Eric Armstead. That may leave room out for Emmanuel Sanders. He might not get re-signed. I feel that they, they could re-sign Jimmy Ward, but if they don't, they need to go into the draft and get a free safety. And locally here for the Falcons, you know, they, they've already let Vic Beasley go. They they franchised Grady Jarrett. They actually gave him a they didn't franchise tag him, they gave him a contract. And we, we have some other, you know, what are they gonna do with Keon O'Neill? What are they gonna do, you know, with Devonta Freeman? Are they gonna restructure his contract? So the, the Falcons are not in the best shape when it comes to you know free agency. You know, their their thing that they need to focus on the draft. So I will talk about free agency. Uh, we got the Daytona 500 coming up this weekend. We have NBA All-Star Week. We have an NFL, uh, XFL, uh, Week 2 games. You got the Tampa Bay going up against Seattle, New York against the D.C., Dallas and L.A., St. Louis and Houston. St. Louis is 1-0, Houston is 1-0, and then you have New York that's 1-0 and D.C. is 1-0. So after the second week of XFL play, you're going to have two teams that are going to be 2-0. and And you're also going to have two teams that are going to be 0-2. So it, it's funny how that all worked out for, for the XFL. But I'm looking forward to it. I mean, what better Valentine's Day weekend to, to spend with your loved one than to watch XFL football and the NBA All-Star Game week. You know, I'm looking forward to on Sunday, Team Giannis going up against Team LeBron. And then, of course, on Saturday, the three-point shootout, the slam dunk competition, the PlayStation, the PlayStation Skills competition. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a fun sports week. And then the week after that, I am looking forward to the big fight between Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury. You know, I don't talk much about boxing and or or UFC, but anytime there's a big boxing or UFC fight, has has to be mentioned. You know, Deontay Wilder, Tyson Fury, the rematch. You know, for for the heavyweight heavyweight division is going to be great. I'm, I'm looking forward to sports this whole weekend. I'm looking forward to seeing who could possibly win the Daytona 500. Maybe Kyle Busch, who won the championship, the Sprint Championship last year, or Joey Logano. That's my favorite. But what's your favorite? Comment down below. And if there's a sports topic you want to hear about, go ahead and put it in my comments. And don't forget to like my Facebook page. The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. And don't forget to, to share my Facebook page or share this video. And make sure that you're able to listen to me on 95.7 ESPN Radio next Thursday. No, next Tuesday. I'm getting my dates wrong. It's going to be Tuesday, February the 18th from 4 to 6. I'm looking forward to it. I just want to thank all my listeners out there for listening to another episode of the Sports Beat with Richard Holder. This is episode 11, and I will continue to 
tell you about what's going on in sports. I hope everybody has a great day and make sure that you are safe. You've been listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdry. We invite you to download and subscribe. You can find us on Anchor, Spotify, Google Cast, Stitcher, iTunes, or wherever fine podcasts are found. Thanks for listening. Feel free to share with your friends and family. This has been The Sports Beat, with your host, Richard Holdry. Produced in Columbus, Georgia. Extra production provided by J.D. Matthews. All opinions stated herein are those of the host and do not represent the opinions of Anchor Podcasts. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved.